Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast, where we interview aspiring entrepreneurs and professionals to help motivate you. Now for your host, Jason Wright. Intentionally Inspirational, Episode 12. What's happening, everyone? Today we've got another great interview for you. I'll be talking with Jack Christie today from Christie's Auctions. Jack's into that as well as some other things, which I'll tell you about. Uh, before we get into that, though, I uh, want to tell you, as always, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Audible. If you guys haven't taken advantage of this yet, I certainly would advise you to do so. And if you're anything like the rest of the world, it takes you about seven to eight times of hearing something before you actually pay attention. So here, any show now, somebody will start uh, paying attention. So uh, what it is is you get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial simply by visiting my affiliate link. That's audibletrial.com backslash inspire, or you can just click on the banner on my website. All right, before we jump into the main interview today, I want to run an idea by you guys. I like the interviews that we've been doing. You guys seem to be responding well to them. I try to create a comfortable, conversational type of exchange that you guys uh, kind of get to be the fly on the wall for. You know, for. Uh, but I'm thinking about mixing in occasionally kind of an unplugged interview as well. So I find a guest, maybe somebody I know, maybe somebody I don't know, um, and we just jump in and just see where the conversation goes without a real plan. Obviously, there'll be a, an inspiring person, uh, and that'll tell me that it'll be a good conversa- conversation no matter what we talk about. But if you guys have any feedback or, or any reaction to that, I'd love to hear an email from you uh, and get your thoughts. So you can just send me an email at inspire at grayfoxbusiness.com. All right. Uh, without any further ado, we will transition into the interview part of the show and uh, check out what Jack and I had to speak about. Today I'm going to be talking to Jack Christie of Christie's Auction. Jack's company participates in traditional and online auctions every week, and he also has an auction school that teaches the art of this business and how to do appraisals. In addition to all this, he is heavily involved with his local community by feeding the homeless and by his company's involvement with a drug and alcohol rehab program. Finally, Jack's faith keeps him involved in street ministry, sharing his testimony, passing out Bibles, and making an impact in the less fortunate areas of his community. What an inspiring group of activities all this is. Jack, welcome to the show. Well, good morning, and thank you for letting us be a part of the show. No, absolutely. I uh, I love talking to uh, different people that are inspiring, and obviously uh, your list is very, very comprehensive, so I'm, I'm really excited about talking to you today. Great. Well, I uh, gave a brief inf- intro to Jack. Uh, what what other items or what other things would you like our listeners to know about you? Well, you didn't make make the make mention of the community efforts. Also, with the auctioneers, we work a lot of with many other auctioneers across the nation, bringing people and educating them too. So it's just really been a ministry. Our whole business has turned into a ministry of helping people out of difficult situations. Oh, that's awesome. What, what I love about what you just said is uh, this podcast has been in existence about two months, and 
my whole purpose in creating it was to reach out and touch and inspire people and kind of do the same thing you're doing on a little bit different level. But uh, I love it, man. It's uh, There's not enough people out there just trying to help people, and it's great when I find somebody like you. Well, tell me, this is just kind of uh, coming into my head, tell me what got you into the auction business. I've been to different types of auctions in my life. I think they're very, very neat as far as how people talk and how they're organized and how they bring people together and how people benefit from them. Tell us a little bit about how you got started in this business. Well, my father was an auctioneer. However, he didn't didn't really do a great deal with the auction business. He helped other auctioneers down south of Greenwood in the Franklin area. And I caught on to that in 1974, and I thought this was just really an opportunity to serve people. You see, each day that we're out into the marketplace, we're helping somebody that either lost a loved one or going through a divorce or a bankruptcy. And it becomes just a just an effort to help people through some real challenging times. So, like I say, this is our 41st year about being in the business, and we've seen some incredible stories of people who have just changed their lives when their brothers and sisters are fighting, and just different situations like that has been very rewarding. So the rewarding part of getting into the auctioneer business really enticed my interest. Gotcha. So somebody could call you, uh, there could be a variety of circumstances, and they could say, guys, I've got a, a house full of items. I, I need to get rid of them, but I, just, I can't handle it on my own. Is that where they would call you? Yes. Gotcha. 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 Well, that's very, very good stuff. So you've obviously got your hands into a lot of different areas, and like you've mentioned, it's all about helping people and inspiring people. What motivates you to push yourself? Uh, help me and the listeners understand what really makes you tick. What really makes me tick is, is again, coming back and helping different situations. We had two sisters that weren't getting along, and when they came to the auction, they began to push and shove and slap each other. But if we can bring peace among these families, that really motivates me. And if it's not here at the auction, maybe it's out on the street when we see people that are really hurting and we can give them a Bible and, and get them and their lives turned around just a little bit, or maybe getting them the right help. Even in our business, we have about 400 contacts of different people that need different services. Just give you an instance. If we go into an estate with a bank or an attorney or a judge, and maybe the locks need changed. In today's environment, people are don't trust the children. They take the monies and they spend all the money. So on many occasions, I'm actually hired to be the executor. I did an estate not long ago, and the first request of the lady after she passes to put the dog asleep and different things like that. They know that these things are going to be fulfilled out of the request after they pass away. Mm -hmm. um, going back to something I briefly touched on in the intro, tell us a little bit more about the drug and alcohol uh, rehab program that you guys are involved with. I think it's really, really cool. Uh, I'm not aware of any other companies doing stuff like this. So I, I think it's a great opportunity to kind of show people uh, what you guys are doing. Well, thanks for asking about that. That's very near and dear to me. That's called the SWAT program, and that's Stewart's with a Testimony. It's through the City View Church, which is an inner city church right at off of Martin Luther King and 29th Street. And they are taking men in. It's an 18-month program, and they give away everything. They can't have cell phones. They live in the house. They serve in different uh, ministries out on the street, helping the homeless. 
and then they come to work for us here on Thursday and Friday, sometimes even on Wednesday during the auction day, and they're loading trucks. They are certainly supervised individuals, so they go through this 18-month program, and getting near the, the 18 months, they, are, they have a savings program. We get them a car. We get them established and not necessarily a job here with Christie's, but maybe another job out into the marketplace. And then at the 18 month when the graduation, they have a they have a car, a bank account, a job, and an apartment. But I want to tell you true to be very truthfully, not everyone makes it through this program. We had a gentleman that went through 14 months of it just here lately, and he came, it fell off the bandwagon. He was an alcoholic. And he come to church drunk Saturday night, which is really unfortunate. But the numbers that do get through it do enter back into society and are, are very successful. Well, that's awesome. And I'll tell you, I'm sure there's listeners thinking the same thing I'm thinking and what I'm about to say. You know, just talking to you for a few minutes so far, it makes me realize even within myself, there's so much more I can be doing. And I hope people listening kind of think the same thing and draw the same conclusion. So... Uh, your story is just getting started, and it's already inspiring me because, I mean, you're you're making a big impact, and you're, you know, leading people down a great road. So this is really awesome. Well, thank you. What has been your greatest challenge in your working life, and how are you how are you able to overcome it? Well, we talk about the business aspect of challenges in my life. One of the things we're working with the elderly people when they get down to either downsizing or making that move is trying to establish in their minds what things are actually worth in today's marketplace. And that's a huge uh, interest in people. We speak at different retirement communities and different endeavors. We get up to talk about value. There's a tremendous culture change today where some of the millennials, anybody born between 19... um, 19, oh, forgive me, 1979 to 1987, excuse me, and these people have different likes than what you and I do and some of the elderly, and they're not buying the things that these people with are getting ready to retire have for sale, such as China and Hummels and some of the real good collectibles Mm -hmm. that they spend a, a great deal of their income collecting. So we have to tell these people uh, what expectations they have out of their their particular wares, you know. Personally, again, being and listening and doing what I'm called to do, and making sure that our efforts are in the right way, and they're not false, and we're the real deal here. What these guys are going through, the drug and alcohol, that's my personal challenge. But the challenge with the elderly people is trying to establish a value so they don't think they're getting ripped off because their China only brought $25 and they paid several hundred dollars or brought it back from China or World War II or something mm-hmm. in that nature. Do you find that most people have a kind of a skewed expectation of what their things are worth compared to actual market value? Well, they really do. I think, again, things are changing. Just let me give you another example, Collector Place, and they were sold by the Bradford Exchange, and they were 1995 and three easy payments. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> so many people bought into that for an investment, and now they're $3, maybe $5 a piece. And there's a lot of that things. We In the appraisals aspect, we call those desirables. Anything after about 1980, when China began to 
import so very much, that becomes something you desire to own and it would depreciate instead of appreciate. So there's tons of that stuff. Norman Rockwell's, Cherry's Teddies, Beanie Babies, Hummels, all of those collectibles out there that really people paid a lot of money and they're not going to get near the money they pay back. Yeah, imagine there's just way too much of it out there in circulation. Amen. All right. What uh, Kind of thinking back to everything you've talked about to this point, what golden nuggets would you like our listeners to take away from your story? One of the things I would like to share with you here today, you know, life is very precious. Either you can spend it, you can waste it, or you can invest in your life. And I think that's so important in whatever we do, whether you're a business person or if you're working with someone on a daily basis for someone else, you know, you're either spending that time and making a quality time or you're wasting your time or you're investing your time into your children. I have nine grandchildren and I try to invest a lot of time with them because they're very important to us. And they work here at our establishment anytime that I can give them a view and, and share our mission and vision here at Christie's. Well, that's very, very powerful. Excellent. Well, think about your greatest success that you've experienced in your working life and walk us through some of those steps you took to reach that milestone. Some of the successes we have shared here, of course, I'm going to go a little bit out of the spectrum here, and we're just very blessed to meet a pastor. His name is Tim McMenny. And one of the milestones is meeting this gentleman here, and he got us into the SWAT program, and now he has extended this program into a farm. He was able to get a farm in southern Indiana, and now we're able to very short, shortly going to be able to take some of these inner-city people and kids down to a farm. We work with the Unleavened Cafe, which is the 30th and Central, and one of the greatest successes there is the meeting some of the women that Sister Elise is there. We actually take these women on retreats. We, the last one we took them was down to Lake Lemon, and it was so amusing. One of the ladies, and these again are ladies that are come out of prostitution, they come out of drug rehab, and they're working there at this kitchen. One of the ladies on our trip said, oh my goodness, that's a cow. I mean, these people don't see a cow. <laughs> with this success story I tell you about this farm endeavor that we have with Pastor Tim, these kids are going to be able to go to southern Indiana. They're going to be able to see a cow, and, and they're going to be able to see hope. We took a bunch of kids down there to help him get moved in the other day, and they came running back up to the house, and they said, Pastor Tim, there's rats in your in your barn. He said, there's no rats in my barn. We walked out there and they said, oh, yeah, they have long ears about like this. And they got fluffy little tails. He said, you got big rats out here. These kids are used to rats. These were rabbits. <laughs> Isn't that funny how some people just have never been exposed to the joys of nature and the outdoors? You bet. So if we can show them hope and get them out of an environment, we're even going to show them how to shoot a gun properly, not at somebody. Absolutely. Now, I, I live down in Martinsville, Indiana, which is kind of the, the gateway to southern Indiana. So I'm a big fan of the outdoors in, in southern Indiana. And for people in other states, I mean, just think of a you know wooded rural area. And getting people out of a tough inner city search, uh, situation and getting them outdoors and out into the country is great because you remove a lot of those distractions they're used to and you kind of expose them to 
you know, just earth and its natural beauty. And that in itself can be very cleansing and pacifying. So I think you'll have great success with that. Yes. And, and it's really quite rewarding that the other farmers around this little farm, it's actually in Butlerville, which is pretty well south of North Vernon and in that quadrant there. Mm-hmm. And even the farmers around there are on board for for getting hooked up and helping these kids. And and that's rewarding to us. So that ministry and everybody coming together and gelling together has to be a win-win for that community and also for the kids and for our efforts also. Well, that's powerful stuff. I mean, uh, one thing on my mind, and I'm sure other people are thinking as well, is, you know, what advice could you give us on how we could experience our own breakthroughs like you have for yourself? I think the advice here that I might be able to share is just to listen and keep your eyes and ears open to the opportunity. So many times we're so in, entrenched in what we're doing on a daily basis, we really don't see. You know, you indicated that you live south, and just to come out and to experience the morning and experience some things that we way you can help people, it's pretty awesome just to keep your eyes and ears open. No, I think that's great advice. It's amazing. And I've fallen into this rut before myself how we can get stuck with our tunnel vision on, you know, focusing on what we think is important and going through life and missing so much around us. So I think that's that's great advice for sure. So at this point, kind of from today going forward, what would you say is your number one professional goal that you're working on and what's your plan on getting there? Well, I've been very blessed. I've uh, had all of the offices in the Indiana Auctioneers Association, been president, a member of the Hall of Fame, worked on the national level for the National Auctioneers Association. But all of that seems to not mean as much to me today as I can serve in a different capacity. Capacity. One of the things that I certainly have on my mind is there is a ministry and it's called the Stephen Ministry. It's through my church, the Southport Presbyterian Church. And it's a ministry where you have to take 50 hours of study, and you're actually working with people in a caring-type environment where people are going through divorce, and they're going through individuals that have committed suicide, and people are hurting and grieving. And that's one of the things that I deal with on a daily basis, and I would like to know how to do that better. My ultimate goal was to be maybe serve in some type of capacity as a pastor, but I don't think that the Lord's called me into that. On on occasion, I've said, boy, I want to begin seminary, and then I get called back and say, there's a lot of work to do right here in Indianapolis, here on the south side. So if I would tell you what my professional goal was, is to entice what I do in maybe a Stephen ministry or maybe an associate pastor. I'm really happy to share with you that my daughter at our church is looking very earnestly into becoming in the children's ministry, which I'm just elated. Very nice. You know, that's that's good stuff. And it sounds like you've you've kind of, you know, in your own way, uh, almost become kind of an associate pastor uh, you know, with the street and the, and the programs that you're doing in the community. And it, it just seems like everything you do is so much about other people. And, and that's, that's so, so powerful. So I, that's awesome. And I'm telling you what, this has really got me thinking about my own life and reflecting and saying, what, what more can I do? Uh, I am on a not-for-profit board of mm-hmm. directors. It's uh, the Martinsville Youth and Development Center. And it's all about 
giving at-risk kids a place to go and play sports and learn and do art and music, and it's a, it's a great thing, but it just makes me say, man, can I stretch myself and do more? So, um, yeah, I, I'm sure there's people listening, thinking the same thing and asking the same questions, so this is, uh, this is gold, pure gold. So what inspires you about other people? I mean, you're obviously a very inspiring guy yourself. What inspires you about others? You know, what inspires me is somebody that would just take the time to sit down and, and walk you through, you know, and help make you better. I really do in, enjoy some of the motivational people that you see on television, also some of the books and like a John Maxwell book and some of the others that really breed a lot of inspiration into your life. But just to see how people can connect and fulfill their mission and vision really does entice me and inspires me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting because since I've been doing this podcast, I've talked to all different people from all different walks of life. And uh, it's interesting because I'll, I'll think about, you know, things that inspire me about people and then I'll talk to a new guest and then I'll add another thing to that list. So it keeps broadening uh, my personal horizon and it's, it's just really neat to connect with people and hear what different people have to say about this stuff. So it never gets old. It's always enjoyable and exciting and uh, really excited to see where it goes from here. So let's talk about fear. Fear is one of my favorite topics just because it's so darn interesting. Um, quick story I'll share with you. My son looks like me but acts like mom and my daughter looks like mom and acts like me because maybe it works that way a lot of times I'm not sure but my son's funny because he's scared of a lot of stuff silly stuff and I'll tell him I'll say Ethan point to fear and he'll just stare at me and he said I can't point to fear because I said well why not I said because it's you know it's not tangible right And he says yeah I said isn't it crazy that an invisible thing that's not tangible literally controls you and prevents you from doing so many things so I've tried to teach him to kind of take control of his own thoughts and his own mind. And uh, kind of sorry to run off on a tangent for you about fear, but it's just an interesting topic for me. So, Jack, how do you overcome your fears in your life? One of the things that I'm always interested to see as we teach these new auctioneers is to getting up in front of a crowd and getting up in front of anyone that you need to speak to. And they say that that's the number one fear is getting up and speaking in front of any kind of crowd. And I think about myself as as many years as I get up there and speak. Once one of the most rewarding things that I do, I don't do it every Sunday, but I do it on many occasions is speak as a Gideon. And I tell people about giving out God's word and giving out Bibles and how those Bibles have changed people's lives, where they bring them back into perspective that life is worth something. And I always have a little fear when I get up there to speak to a different crowd. I might be talking to uh, an uh, apostolic group or uh, uh, just any kind of Methodist or Presbyterian. And you, you think about, gosh, you know, what are they thinking? What are they expecting out of me today? And that is a fear that I always think about, and I think about some of the young auctioneers that get up in front, and we have some of them that just freeze. <laughs> <laughs> That's just part of it, and I think you agree with me just speaking to people. Uh, even people have fears about speaking on to individuals one-on-one. On one. That's a big fear. Absolutely. Yeah, sometimes I'll get people on here that'll tell me, you know, I'm really, really, really nervous and I said, well, don't be nervous, just relax. But can you imagine if there was, you know, video involved as well? And they're like, oh, man, 
I said, that's one reason I chose a podcast instead of a, a video channel, which I actually may add video later, but uh, not at this point. Uh, it's kind of a funny story that just popped in my head. Things just kind of randomly popped in my head. But when I was getting my undergraduate in college, I went to uh, IUPUI, and I went for organizational leadership and development. And um, public speaking was one of the classes we had to take before we graduated. Well, most people would take it the first, you know, their first year. Well, I pushed it off till the very, very, very last minute. Uh, I believe I was a senior when I did it, and I, I was to a point where I had to take it, you know, this certain semester. So this class has probably 20 to 25 people in it, and I think the first assignment was, you know, maybe a couple of minutes getting to know you type of thing, which if that wasn't bad enough, they were going to videotape us and then make us watch the video with the class and critique it. So I was like, oh, my gosh, this is horrible. I can't handle this. Well, I want to go last, you know, so it's the pushing the class off to the end, and I speak at the very end, and I get up there, and I literally don't remember anything I said. I remember nothing. When I got done, people were cheering and clapping, and I was like, what's going on? So I sit down, and this guy next to me is like, man, you uh, you must do this all the time. You're a natural. And I was like, I don't even remember what I said. I was terrified, but the point is, what I found out is it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, people weren't laughing at me. They weren't judging me. Uh, when I'm listening to people talk, and I think this is probably normal, you're listening and then you kind of pay attention to a thought in your own head and then you'll go back to listening. So I don't know that people are up there, you know, in the audience judging you at all, really. I think they're listening and kind of doing their own thinking as well. So, uh, you know, I guess my point is, uh, like I just said, it's it's never quite as bad as you think. But since then, I've remembered that and, and that's helped me uh, a lot going forward for sure. One of the things I would suggest anybody that would like to do any public speaking, about two, maybe three years ago, I joined Toastmasters, and boy, has that been huge for me. It teaches you to pause when you need to and take that breath, and they do a a table topics where they just ask you a question, and you have two minutes to respond to it, and it can be a silly question like, should you put the toilet paper with a roll up or a roll down? I mean, just silliness like that. But you have two minutes to respond to that. Or what was your favorite Christmas gift? But boy, you th- that's one of the things that weaknesses for me is to be able to speak right there on the fly, being able to respond to somebody immediately. Because in our business, one of the things they ask you is, what do you charge? How, what is your fees? And you think, oh, my goodness, let me explain. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I always try to work on. Well, it's funny you mentioned the two minutes thing. Once upon a time, I took a a Dale Carnegie course, and I can't remember the name of it, but I remember it being over the course of like 12 or 16 weeks, and everything we did was around a two-minute speaking uh, engagement. The, the idea was you really have people's undivided attention for two minutes, and then from there, I guess they do what I do, and their mind wanders. So uh, it was really interesting that you mentioned that. So that they must have been onto something with what I went through because you're talking about it through Toastmasters as well. So yeah. good stuff. Well, what are the most impactful words of wisdom that you have ever heard? Let me share two with you. Um, when we're dealing with difficult people, I always remember the little story that Jesus told, and he, sa- he sent the disciples out, and he said to them, if these people don't welcome you into your community, into the city, just shake the dust off of your sandals. And I've used this on many occasions. If people were being difficult to deal with, and maybe they're 
not somebody that was uh, conducive to the way that we do our business here at Christie's. We just shake the dust off of our sandals and say, you know, we're probably not the right people to, to handle your business. And maybe you need to go somewhere else in a very kind and considerate way. One more thing that it was shared to me, and I just love this. And I use this on a lot of the times when I speak to different people. And, and that's very simple. It's just I heard our pastor say this one time, and I've used this again. And it's, it's greater the challenge, greater the reward. I think about that. The greater that I, that I am challenged, the greater the reward that I will receive at the end. And boy, that is so true in so many things that we do in either business or personal life. No, absolutely. And kind of along those lines, the 2016, somehow it's half over, but this has kind of been the year for me where I continue to push myself and keep myself out of my comfort zone almost at all times. And uh, like you say, there's been some great, you know, personal development type of things that have come from that and some other opportunities kind of on the horizon as well. So we'll see where it goes. But uh, the last guy I talked to on the show was actually a personal trainer. And mm-hmm. we kind of arrived at the agreement, no pain, no gain. And that's really very similar to what you just said. So uh, for anybody listening, I would encourage you to challenge yourself, push yourself, stretch your comfort zone. Because in those times of struggle and strain and uncertainty, that's where growth happens. So I, uh, I try to bring that up and emphasize that every chance I get. Well, I, uh, I imagine with all the self-help type of activities that you do that you are a reader as well? Yes. Okay. Share with us a title of a book or two that you would recommend to our listeners. I think about some of the relationships, and that's what a great deal of what I'm about each and every day and the Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, it is a pretty awesome book. And if you know what uh, what what um, get, makes your excuse me your mate, uh, what what really to understand her, maybe it's um, it might be words of affirmation or spending some quality time with with her or your children. Maybe receiving gifts or active service or personal touch. I'm, I'm big on just patting somebody on the back. I had a good friend that we studied with at IU, and her name was Pat uh, Masser. And when she get up to talk, she would always say, pat somebody on the back. Just give them a pat on the back. And that always stood out in my mind that people do need encouragement. And if you just give them a pat on the back... Here on Wednesdays, I'm always going patting somebody on the back and how you doing, and people really do engage themselves when you do, when you just give them a little pat on the back and a little bit of encouragement. <clears throat> the second book I have is is kind of a little bit off, but this is by James McDonald, and it says, "Lord, change my attitude before it's too late," and it talks about a lot of the historical things. It talks about replacing a complaining attitude with a thankful attitude and replacing a covetous attitude where you're coveting everything with an attitude of contentment. And boy, this has been huge with me. Sometimes we just need to be content with what we have and not wanting more and more and more because if we're content with what we have. We can work within our perimeters and not just be greedy per se. And another one is a critical attitude with an attitude of love being always critical about something, you don't have to you don't have to 
and engage yourself about every particular thing. Just love it and go on. And the, another one is doubting. The doubting attitude with an attitude of faith. You know, I doubt this is going to happen. Sometimes you just have to have the faith that it's going to happen at the right time. And the last one is a rebellious attitude by just an attitude of submission. Why rebel against this particular situation or uh, individual? You know, just submit to them, agree with them. We had a gentleman yesterday that came to the auction, and he wasn't very uh, kind at all. But, you know, I just said, you know, I'll work with you. You just have to submit to his wishes, and it worked out well. And it was win-win for both of us. So those are the two that come to my mind. No, that's very, very good. Um Excellent. What I'll do is in the show notes for episode 12, I'll put these book uh, titles and options uh, for you guys if you want to check out the links to those. Uh, and I also have a uh, affiliate promo through Audible. So if you guys want to take advantage of that free Audible or audio book download, you can use my affiliate link and check out one of these titles or click on the banner on my website as well. Now, Jack, I'm sure there's some people that you've... Uh, you've impacted and touched and if somebody would want to reach out to you learn more about you or your company how could they do so well the easiest way for me is to just email on us and it's very very simple it's info i-n-f-o at christie's c-h-r-i-s-t-y-s it is plural dot com and what's your web address as well uh, it's christie's c-h-r-i-s-t-y-s dot com okay very, very good. Well, I really, really appreciate your time. Uh, you responded very quickly on short notice, and um, I hope that you enjoyed this as well. And, uh, you know, this will be out there for people to listen to and enjoy for a long time to come. So. Well, thank you. Thanks for letting us be a part of this. This is so very special when we can maybe reach out and help that individual that may need some help that's uh, contemplating something they shouldn't. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much, and uh, and we're back. Well, hope you guys got something out of that. I uh, really enjoyed that interview. I enjoyed them all, but I really enjoyed that one. Uh, Jack's one of those guys that makes me walk away feeling better from having uh, spoken to him, and it definitely inspires me to try to do more with my own time. You know, I'm doing more than I was doing with my life a, a year ago. You know, contributing my time in some different ways and doing this, you know, trying to pr provide value and help you guys out, but uh, there's certainly even more I could be doing. So hopefully you guys kind of feel that calling as well. Um, that's what we've, uh, that's all we've got for today. Uh, certainly appreciate your listenership. Uh, if you guys like the show, please go to iTunes, give me a five-star review, subscribe and share it. If you have a friend or a family member or neighbor or somebody else that you think might like to hear this, uh, let them know about it. Chances are they may not know it exists. So um, as always, uh, we will catch up with you next week where we've got another great interview for you. And uh, until then, be inspired and take care.